We're back. What's up, sports ballers? Thanks for checking out this latest edition of the Sports Ball Podcast. We missed you. I hope you missed us a little bit. In this episode, we focus pretty much entirely on the NCAA men's basketball tournament. What we enjoy most about it, what we think is a bit overrated, and the games that we'll be watching on Thursday and Friday. Check it out. Enjoy the show. Thanks so much for listening. Hello, Cam. What's up, Andrew? How are you, sir? I'm doing well. It's been a few weeks. It has. It's It's been far too long. We'll just leave it at that. But life happens, but here we are. Indeed, and we find ourselves in a very, very interesting time in the world of collegiate basketball. On the brink of the NCAA tournament. Indeed. Now, in all... Uh, Clarity, or what's the word I'm looking for? Um, well, we were supposed to, yeah, transparency. Thank you. We were supposed to record last night, but I did not uh, get to watch the Michigan Michigan State game until late. Um, so you can imagine the disappointment with which I laid my head upon the pillow after watching yet another meltdown in the hands, of, or in the case of the Michigan Wolverines basketball team. It's quite upsetting. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I, obviously it's nice to hang that banner, but at the same time, there's uh, there's bigger uh, bigger goals ahead, and uh, overall, a, a pretty good week for the, the Wolverines. Well, I appreciate your optimism, but three in a row, Big Ten Tournament Champions has never been done before, so that would have been incredible. We finally would have gotten a win over Michigan State, which we've played good enough for majorities of games to do but I always managed to blow it in the end. And honestly, Michigan's an elite eight team at absolute best this year. Yeah, I, and we'll get into the, the, the tournament a little bit, but um, yeah, it, it's it, for as, as uh, good top to bottom as the the Big, Big Ten was this year. I mean, you had 13th seeded Nebraska who was – as shorthanded as you can get, make make it to uh, Friday in the tournament. Um, I mean that just illustrates the the depth of the league. And and this year when they went to the twenty game schedule, I mean it's it's a grind. And they got eight teams in, uh, but the the highest seed is is second seeded is second seeded Michigan State, and they probably really were never even in the discussion for uh for a one seed. I mean obviously they were behind Kentucky. And um, and so yeah, they're, they're, that's where they sit, and uh, and here we are. And so, you know, everyone says that the first two days of the NCAA tournament are the greatest two days in American sports. Are are you of of that thinking? Um, if we're limit, limiting it to American sports. It's got to be up there with, um, like the New Year's Day bowl games for football. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the sheer—I mean, if we're we're talking American terms here, so the the sheer volume and just audacious pace that basketball is those two days, um, is pretty incredible. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I look forward to it uh, without question, and 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 uh, transparency as well to our listeners. We're, we'll break down a few matchups, but we're really going to discuss just the the charm of the tournament. And what I would say too is the fact that uh, beginning at eleven o'clock on Thursday there will be basketball till after eleven p.m. and every game will have incredible moments of drama. Um, can't be beat but at the same time um college basketball is not without its its issues just as any other sport is but there will be a time when there is a uh review that takes too long um you know the the officiating will be inconsistent at times um you know the the the, the game the flow might be difficult to watch but at the same time um we, we watch for the storylines. We watch for the retrievers of Maryland, Baltimore County to upset Virginia. And I, I think once you get to after the first weekend, it, it slows down considerably in my opinion. But that, that first day when, uh, when you're exhausted and you're worn out from watching all day, and then you get like the eight, eight fifty nine o'clock tip in some West coast city and you got one more to get through. And then it all starts again the next morning about 12 hours later. It's, it's hard to beat. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you like basketball, it's, I have a, I have a friend who always takes that Thursday and Friday off work every year. So he can watch. And I've thought about that. So in my senior year of college, I, I, uh, spent the entire Thursday with a buddy. We just kind of hung out and watched games. So like we don't know what what our jobs could be next year. We may not be able to have this luxury in the, in the future. But yeah, the the people that or the people that jet off to Vegas for the first two days, um, that that's that's pretty exhausting to really hunker down in a bar or wherever uh, for for nine or ten hours and just and just watch basketball. But people do it. And uh, and kudos to them. I will not be one of them. I'll casually observe. We'll probably have it on in the office uh, during the day, and then come home in the evening and watch. But uh, you know, the, our our children um, really don't understand how lucky they have it that every game is available. There was a time when you only got one game, and you just had to hope CBS flipped over to a to a more dramatic game. And it really wasn't that long. It was what, 10, 10 years ago. That was probably the case. This, this true TV, TBS, TNT, CBS setup is a very recent thing. Yeah. Uh, the other point of nostalgia that someone pointed out on Facebook last night, which uh, my father was always guilty of was when the selection show came on, you had to have a piece of paper and a pen ready and you had to fill out the bracket by hand. Otherwise you weren't, gonna remember it or see it again until the morning paper landed in your driveway and you know to think that it's just instantaneously out there or in the scenario of a couple years ago when it was leaked um you know yeah this this younger generation um just as they are in so many other ways is 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 lucky (laughs) so so tell me Ken, what are the if there's like one or two things that you absolutely love about the tournament, what are they? Uh, the upsets. That's always fun to see, uh, you know, a school that has 
theoretically no business beating, you know, a basketball powerhouse, do so uh, for the whole world to see. That's just fun. Um, especially if that basketball powerhouse happens to be a school that I, you know, don't care for. <clears throat> so that's what I really enjoy. And then I enjoy um, learning about new players and coaches that I'm not familiar with because I really, I only watch Michigan. I just don't have time to watch, you know, all of the other, you know, programs, especially some of like the, the schools like that aren't really on primetime TV anyways, you know, because they're in a weird conference or they play, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. So I enjoy, you know, uh, from a neutral standpoint, just learning about players and coaches and even schools that I'm not familiar with. Um, like I like to think that I've got a pretty good understanding of, you know, where colleges are, you know, what their mascot is kind of, you know, general history. Are they a good program? Are they new? That sort of stuff. But, but getting some of those like human, uh, you know, nature stories that like they tell the story about this player, or this coach and how they, you know, volunteer or do this work or have been through this trial. It's just like, Oh, this is just that, that sort of stuff I find really interesting because, I, you know, I, I could be watching uh, Yale versus LSU. I don't know jack squat about either of those basketball programs. Other than a guy named Copeland went off for like 31 points to beat Harvard in the Ivy League final. That's all I know. But I could watch that game and probably learn a whole lot about both programs and, you know, players and coaches. And that's just, you know, I enjoy that sort of stuff. Absolutely. And, you know, I was looking at the bracket kind of preparing for for this episode and I'm kind of with you like um you know I don't know if it was that I really just didn't pay as much attention this year or if we because we were force fed so much Zion Williamson that I really don't know many storylines outside of really the Big Ten and the Big 12 I, I, I'm not sure what it is but I was looking at the bracket and outside of uh John Morant with Murray State who by some estimations will go number two in the NBA draft behind Zion. I actually played AU together when they were younger. Um, but he could be, you know, the kind of Steph Curry circa 2008 of the tournament when Davidson, um, you know, came in and nearly took out um, KU, Kansas, in the Elite Eight behind, who was relatively, he was pretty unknown at the time in Steph Curry. John Morant, I think, is much more well known. Um, yeah, within sure. basketball circles. And then the other, the other, the other team I'll watch is the eight-seeded Utah State Aggies, who is coached by former Nebraska assistant Craig Smith. They've had a fantastic season. I think Craig Smith will be at a in a major conference uh, very soon. But they, uh, they said they're the uh, the eight seed. I don't remember which region, but they will play. Uh, Pac-12 champion Washington. Um, so the Aggies certainly have a shot. Uh, They're in the uh, the Midwest bracket with North okay. Carolina and Kentucky. Okay, in the, in the Midwest. So, yeah, uh, for me, nothing says the NCAA tournament like the the CBS music. The da 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 There's just there's just something I prefer the old melody versus the new melody. New melody's got a little more of a horn section to it, but. Um, yeah, the old one is a little more st- nostalgic, and I'm also, uh, I'm really kind of, I, I feel like One Shining Moment has outlived its welcome, its 15 minutes, then 
just with today's, um, I don't know what the word for it is, the, the equipment and the cinematic editing and everything else, I feel like we could be treated to a much greater, much dramatic montage at the end of the tournament than, um, than what's kind of, to me, a fairly cheesy. And it always kind of follows the same pattern of shots um, through the whole the whole montage, it seems, every year. So I would appreciate a refresh to, um, to One Shining Moment. Maybe 2020 is the year we do that. CBS, if you're listening, I'm sure you are. So... Um, that's that's where I stand on that. Yeah, I happen to personally know that Bill Raftery is an avid listener of sports ball, so he will uh, get it taken care of for us. He, do you think he listens uh, man-to-man? I think he listens on double speed just because, you know. <laughs> Onions! <laughs> I don't understand that, but whatever. That's his shtick, so it works for him, I guess. So hypothetically, if you're able to watch Thursday, what what two game, what two or three games are you keeping an eye on? What are you what are you most interested in seeing on Thursday? Uh, well, I'll definitely watch Michigan Montana just because I need to watch a win. Um, other than that, like games that I like want to actually watch, uh, Murray State Marquette, obviously, as we've already stated, John Morant's a pretty big prospect, and I haven't gotten to see him play all year, so that'll be fun. Uh, and it's obviously, you know, the vaunted five twelve matchup where, you know, oh, Murray State's going to win, Murray State's going to win. Well, Marquette's a pretty good team, so we'll see. And yep. then um, so I think St. Mary's Villanova is going to be really good, too. Yeah, I do, too. If St. Mary's uh, plays the way they did against um, against Gonzaga this past week, absolutely. Yeah, the, the Thursday schedule, I felt like there weren't as many matchups that jumped off the page. You mentioned two good ones there, and then the other one, I'm, I don't even know how good it's going to be, but I think actually the the better drama will be the day before on Wednesday at the press conferences, but when Richard Patino takes on his father's former program in Louisville, uh, I think that will uh, yeah. provide some storylines. I think once the, once the ball's tipped and we're playing basketball, it's just two teams in the tournament, but I think Wednesday we'll uh, we'll get a few we'll get a few sound bites I think uh, out of that one. Although I watched uh, Richard do some local media uh, on YouTube today, and uh, he handled the questions really well. And um, you know, I think he has a lot of respect for the Louisville program, and they've obviously moved on from from what transpired several years ago. So um, I don't think those are, are fresh wounds by any means, but it's it's certainly a storyline. Yeah, yeah, and the media does love a good storyline, and that one is, uh, you know, depending on how bold the media want to be and their question asking can get pretty personal pretty quick if they want to, you know, go that route. So we'll see. Right. Right. Um, the other one I would mention, too, is Wofford-Seton Hall. Uh, I think that's going to be a good game. I think Wofford um, wins, but there's there's some buzz around that Wofford team that they might – they have the chance of, you know – getting a little deeper into the field, but I think I'm looking at my bracket really quick. Yeah. They run up against Kentucky in the second round anyways. So, um, but I, I do think that will be a decent game. Yeah. A lot made about that, um, about that Midwest region. And obviously a lot of buzz here in Kansas city that KU as a four seed, should they make the sweet 16 will be a de facto home team uh, with was likely <laughs> Uh, Kentucky, North Carolina in there as well. And then the other top seed 
the top four seed in there in the Midwest is Houston. Yeah, it's pretty stacked. So if, if that if that remains chalk into Kansas City, I mean that's uh that's as blue blood as it gets. Uh, and obviously Houston's having a, a fantastic season. So well, and that also assumes that Kansas gets by Auburn, who just whooped Tennessee. Yeah, I watched I watched that game and. I mean, it was as if Auburn just rolled it out and was playing church league threes only. <laughs> and I mean, I'd never seen a team. At one point, I think they were like 15 for 34 from three, and there was still eight or nine minutes to go in the, the game. I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, so that that's hard to keep up with if Auburn's successful, but if. Auburn's cold. Anyone's going to be able to hang around with them. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. What about uh, what about Friday? So uh, Friday, I've got three. Uh, Washington, Utah State. So I already mentioned that one. Utah State's the eight seed. I think they've got a chance to to make a run out of the Mountain West. And then I always like when you get a couple of uh, power. Well, in basketball, it's power six, power six schools, but with a little bit of a seed gap and that's Ohio State, Iowa State, Iowa State coming off the Big 12 tournament run. They're champions offensively. I think the sky's the limit with the Cyclones, but I watched them in person on Thursday and can say that they're going to have to improve their rebounding and and a little bit of defense. But, um, you know, they they beat K-State and KU uh, this past week in Kansas City, so – but that always has hasn't always um, resulted in success. Iowa State's won the Big Twelve tournament now several times in the last few years, and um, the the best they've done is gotten to the Sweet Sixteen. So, I think they've got the chance to make it to the second weekend. But um, I think they could also uh, lose on on Friday. And then finally, the other team. Do you remember when uh, South Carolina made the the Final Four a couple of years ago? No, I have no recollection of that. Uh, they pretty much did it behind just like incredible defense. And I think if there's a team that you could pick that you went, there's no way they can make the final four. But if you look a little more closely, that would be the Oregon Ducks coached by Dane Altman. This was a team that was likely not even going to make the tournament if they did not make a run in the Pac-12 tournament. And then they ended up winning it, beating Washington. They are the fifth seed. Um, no, they're they're the twelve seed. They're playing. The, they're the twelve seed. Okay, they're playing right. the fifth seed, Wisconsin, and that that right, is so the one game on Friday that I'm like, I really want to watch. Yeah, it may be like a thirty-five to thirty-three final, but it's still going to be really good. Um, and Wisconsin, whew, Nebraska took the, Nebraska played with them for thirty-eight minutes last week. So they they have hopefully done some soul searching over the past, or what will have been a week, and uh, are ready for the Ducks. Yeah, that's that's the one game I'm it, like really excited about. I'll probably have the other ones on just you know to be apprised of what's going on. But as far as like the days are concerned, I'm much more interested in the games on Thursday than I am in the games on Friday. That's interesting because I found that the Friday games, I felt like just from a first glance, 36,000 foot view, I I felt like Friday had a little bit uh, better matchups than Thursday. There wasn't a ton on Thursday that, that really got me excited. 
Uh, I think it's just the schools that are playing. Like, yeah, you know. But I also think, like, like you said, Gonzaga, or excuse me, St. Mary's, Villanova. I can't keep all my Jesuit schools uh, straight. <laughs> um, I think that, yeah, that's got the absolute potential to be fan- uh, a great game. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, do you want to share your uh, prediction for who wins at all, or do you want to save that for next time when we're a little further on in the tournament? Let's let's see. Uh, let's get a foot a little further along. I mean, I think that it's clear that the um, odds-on favorite should be and um, deserves to be Duke with a healthy Zion. Who I mean, those games in Charlotte were unbelievable. Um, so I think they're right there. I think I think this Kentucky team for the first time really in three or four years I feel like has the potential to make a a deep run uh, more so than some of those past teams Cal's had. And then I you know you you still can't overlook what John you know people are saying Tom Izzo is so good in March. I think John Beeline's just as good, if not better, in March than Tom Izzo. So I think you have to keep your eye on the the Wolverines that they're going to be playing. You know, well into the second weekend. Well, I will just say it's not John Beeline that might that is concerning me. It is a certain freshman of the year in the Big Ten who makes poor choices at the end of games. And a offense that goes completely stagnant at the end of a game. Players just standing, ball not moving, and I mean, that's every time we've lost. So the six times we've lost all season, it's been because the uh, players just stop running the offense. They stop moving, they stop passing the ball, and they settle for really bad jumpers. Um, and often, oftentimes. You know, Iggy Brasdagos will drop 15 a game, but he'll also make four or five really, really, really dumb decisions. And it's really yeah. frustrating because he's so talented. You know, but every like every game, you're just like, oh, what are you doing? So much so that I said that very loudly last night, and my wife shushed me because our baby was sleeping. Well, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I I, I will never vote against Michigan. It's just, I don't think this is, we're not going to repeat last year, is my prediction. So, there's that. But I, I too will not share my pick until later. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, a Sweet 16 matchup with, uh, with Texas Tech and Michigan, that would be a heck of a game. But, um, I don't think you can scoff at either Nevada or Florida waiting in the second round either for the Wolverines. Yeah, I mean, they don't have an easy road. Even if they get through the second round, they've got most likely Buffalo waiting, who are playing very well this year. And then if they get past Buffalo, they run into Gonzaga. So, I mean, it's just like, it's not as stacked as the Midwest, but there's some good basketball teams in that bracket, so... You know, we'll see what happens. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just looking at the bracket, and there's just not a, like, I mean, Kansas State, like, can you trust them to get past Wisconsin? I don't know. Uh, I feel like Villanova could easily take down Purdue, but at the same time, could Purdue make a Final Four? I mean, they 
played so well in the Big Ten this season. I don't know. It's. I feel like once you get from the the threes to the twelves this year, it seems like more than any other year that the the depth is is really good. Yeah, I think I think there's going to be a lot of really tight games. There's obviously going to be some blowouts, like that just happens every year. But yep. I think there's going to be a lot of really tight games, and there's probably going to be, you know, as there always is, the you know the upsets, the ones you don't see coming, and then like you know the the seven over the ten or the eight over the nine or whatever, or, you know, you, right backwards of what I said, but you get what I mean. Is the uh... Is Taylor in the Division Three uh, NCAA tournament? Uh, no, Taylor is NAIA Division Two. Actually, oh. so I honestly don't know how their basketball program is doing right now. You know, I get my, I get, hilt- I thought- my hilltoppers were. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying my hilltoppers were taken down in the uh, final of the Conference USA Championship by Old Dominion. Mm. I thought that they would uh, maybe pull it off. Old Dominion already beat him twice. I thought it would be tough to beat him a third time, and by golly, they did it. So, the Hilltoppers, uh, not uh, not in the tournament once again, unfortunately. Because <laughs> the tournament is better when Western Kentucky's mascot, Big Red, is, <laughs> is roaming the baseline. This is true. This is very true. Okay, you know, the, the best thing about the next, uh, by next Thursday, is we will have baseball. Oh, yeah. Goodness. And Bryce Harper after, finally has a team, so there we go. After what seemed like the longest winter we've endured in a long, long time, we now all of a sudden have baseball ten days away. So, yeah, I have two fantasy baseball drafts on Sunday. I don't really know how that's going to work. Who's the who's the top draft? Who's who's a kind of a top pick these days? Mike Trout, baseball fan. Still Mike Trout. Yeah. Yep. And I actually have the number one pick in one of the drafts because I was not good last year. So uh, Mr. Trout will be making his way over to the Argyle Sox. What about like an Aaron Judge? Oh, he's up there, but Trout's just – I mean, he's MVP candidate every season he plays unless he, you know, misses half the year because he got hurt. But he's just – he's just kind of the dude still. Yeah. It seems like he's been around a while, and he's really still really young. Yeah. Just, it's crazy. So, anything else on the the sports mind of yours? Uh, Just Formula One started this weekend, and I missed all of last season. I DVR'd it, or thought I did, and was like, oh, I'll catch up at some point, and then realized the only thing that I had DVR'd was the last race of the year. Um, And it was just one of those, I didn't watch it because I just didn't have time, and uh, I really enjoy Formula One, and the Australian Grand Prix was yesterday, so I started the season off strong and watched both qualifying and the race. So uh, I will perhaps report back on that in coming episodes, but uh, I'm, I'm glad that Formula One is back because it's just it's a ton of fun. Awesome. All right. Well, enjoy, my friend. I shall, and, uh, well, enjoy the basketball games, dude. Absolutely. We will uh, talk again. We'll talk next week early. Yes, indeed. Farewell. Farewell, my friend. Good luck. (laughs) Bye. See you.